This week confirmed Toronto FC will pick up at least one trophy in 2020. Alejandro Pozuelo announces this year's Landon Donovan MLS MVP award winner yesterday, making him the second Toronto FC player to win it after Sebastian Jovinko did so in 2015. We'll talk some MV Pozuelo on this week's edition of Waking the Red Weekly presented by Footy Talks, along with a preview of the 2020 MLS Cup final, some Lou Marsh chat. Plenty more uh, after a busy week in Canadian soccer, but also buried the lead a little bit. We also have an MVP caliber guest on this week's show, as in 10 minutes or so, the most capped player in Canadian soccer history, or Canadian men's national team history, at least. Julian de Guzman will join the show to talk a little bit about his new project in Barrie and plenty more. Oops. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I think I've also buried the lead on Jeff's kit there. Um, that's pretty beautiful. I mean, uh, I'm still a little bit jealous. Uh, Jeff and I kind of mixed wires a little bit on the ordering of these things, but uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm happy for Jeff because he, he is the kit guy after all. Well, I mean, that's why I wore it today because I know as soon as you get yours, you're going to wear it. So we don't want to be twinsies. And also there is a Forge game tonight. Uh, you know, is it tonight or tomorrow morning? It's very, very late, but it should be a, it should be a cracker. So <laughs> it's a big yeah, show. Doing, Michael? It's a big show. I'm I'm excited um it's a it's a lou marsh edition of the show um <laughs> canada soccer has been been on fire lately but of course you know the biggest storyline that uh, toronto sealand is, is alejandro pozuelo and and the most valuable player award yesterday um what are your guys thoughts on, on pause taking home that award uh it's interesting that the last time we won mvp we also crashed out in the first round of the playoffs <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's actually a good point. I didn't, uh, I didn't really think about that, but um, that's pretty fair. That the thing that I, I mean, I'm just not surprised because you look at all of the other teams that did very well this year. It, it was more by committee, and that's a bit of an issue with Toronto FC, especially offensively, is that they were so reliant on Alejandro Pozuelo. But you look at the Seattle guys, and we'll certainly talk about them a little bit later. But how many different weapons they have, and how they all contributed this season. Same with Columbus, same with Philadelphia. I mean, those are really team efforts. If you want to look at a single player who meant more to his team this year, I don't think you can look any further than Pozuelo. So I think it's it's certainly a deserving award. And it, it is a good sign, you know. It's a good sign that the rest of the MLS is recognizing the talent that Pozuelo has. And it's a good sign the investment Toronto FC's put in Pozuelo. Because after all, you know, you want your player that is your highest, well, not your highest paid player, but your highest, I guess, stature player at this point, one of your designated players to be um, what Pozuelo is. And he's really set the standard for for what Toronto FC need out of that spot going forward. Absolutely. We, we could talk about the stats. I mean, he led MLS and you know, we can call it points, but goals and assists. So he scored nine goals. He added 10 assists. He'd led the league in that stat. Um, he also led the league in, in chances created by a large margin. He created 70 chances, which is pretty outrageous. Um, he led the league in, in game-winning goals, which you know shows his clutch factor, how important he is to the team. But here's the one that kind of really stood out to me. He became the first Toronto FC player in history to start every regular season match in a season. Mm. 
That's out of your designated player. Of yeah. course. Throw, throw yeah, the I got it. yeah, I got to throw an asterisk on that. Yeah. But pause at the end of the day. He, he revealed at this end of season press conference that he was playing through an injury. And it's the fact that he's, he's willing to do that out of your designated player, out of your number 10. That that's something that's super rare and, and not just MLS, just world football. So I think that's my the most appealing stat for me from Paz. It just shows his leadership quality and it it's a one that's tangible. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I I it didn't expect him to take it in the final analysis. I figured that recency bias would uh would would lead to him not getting the award. So I was pleasantly surprised. And I I mean him getting it at his kids' uh tea ta- tea playtime table was uh, <laughs> that was hilarious. Absolutely adorable. Just just Kidding. adorable. Um yeah, I mean what what totally deserving award, Ivan, 100 percent Uh I just wish that we didn't have to sacrifice a deep playoff run to win MVP every time we win it. That's that's my only my only worry that this is becoming endemic. Either either we win the treble or or one of our guys gets an MVP. Hey, if that pattern continues, Jeff, I yeah. think we're we're heading back into the to the promised land now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, no, we've got one year of losing MLS Cup and penalty kicks, and then and then back to the promised. <laughs> It's still a pretty special year, regardless. But mm-hmm. um, what I want to also what I wanted to add was, pause was off. Like he looked surprised by winning this award. He it was it was kind of I don't know if it's really sunk in for him yet because he he's named most valuable player in a North American league. I mean, this guy's from Spain. Um, I don't even know if he truly understands what it means. I don't even know if we really take in what it means because he's. I saw a stat: Toronto FC are the only club. That's, past 2010 to have more than one most valuable player if we look around the city if we look around the city of toronto right now is there another mvp in toronto um i I gotta give love to to my boy kenny got work and raptors uprising esports team and he's an mvp but besides for that like i don't think there's another mvp in in toronto no, no, it's it's a good point. I mean, I don't know if he's getting as much recognition as he deserves for um, what he was able to do this season in in Toronto as a whole. Because obviously, you know, uh, the the difference between him and Sebastian Javinko has always been, you know, despite that debut where he chipped everything that moved on <laughs> on New York City FC, he's not necessarily the flashiest player to the same extent Javinko is. You know, he's a lot of what he does is understated comparatively on the field. He's not scoring those crazy free kick goals or, um, you know, juking as many players out of position. He's certainly capable of that, but doesn't do it as often. So, um, you know, I, to that as well, I think it's, it might be, um, you know, a sense of evolution within the league voters as well, that they recognize what Pozuelo is doing for Toronto FC without maybe some of the flash that usually wins MVP awards. Love you, Ivan, but I, I got to disagree with you. Um, he won Belgian Player of the Year, so he did play in leagues. I mean, the Jupiler, uh, the Jupiler League definitely gave out end-of-season awards. I don't know if they went hog-wild like MLS because North America, but certainly, I mean, Victor Vasquez was was uh, Jupiler League Player of the Year. Uh, Paws was probably our next DP. I mean, let's be honest. It seems to be where, we, where we're going. Um, uh, yeah. We, we got a motor, guys, because we're going to have JDG on in a bit, and people want to talk about Brian Schmetzer, and uh, we definitely want to talk about Lou Marsh. So, Yeah, there's a lobby. We got to get to this. I'm excited for it. Um, before we do get on and do talk about Canada soccer, I think it it was bigger this, this year because we were, we were close to it, but 
the MLS Humanitarian of the Year uh, award was, was handed out today. And that was awarded to a group for the first time that wasn't a player. And it was awarded to the Black Players for Change, of course. And that uh, committee that was, uh, you know, spearheaded by Toronto FC fullback Justin Morrow. And the work that they put in this year to, you know, battle um, social injustice and, you know, overcome racial inequality, um, they took some pretty significant steps. And it's the first time, again, I think I mentioned, but it's the first time it's been awarded to a group and not a player. Um, so with all that 2020 has been, I think this could be probably one of the best things that's happened to MLS this season was the Black Players for Change. And um, we, we hear Michael Bradley talk about, you know, seeing firsthand what just the work that Justin Morrow put in on the field and off the field and the fact that he is still able to come back and go to training despite going through everything that he was going through. Um, that just speaks wonders. And uh, I, I, I'm at a loss for words because the significance is, is, is so large and I can't put into words what, what it means, what the Black Players for Change meant for, uh, you know, sports as a whole. Mm-hmm. And um, moving on, moving on now that they have a real seat at the table. Um, it's uh-huh. it's only it's only going up. You know, this is important work that they're doing. And uh, the big steps have been taken. And it's only been around for six months. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And we don't know if Morrow will be back with Toronto FC next season. But, you know, if if this is the end of his time in Toronto FC for everything he did on the field, then that was a lot, you know, he was there at the the start of the club getting to where it is today, won the MLS Cup, obviously scored a hat trick in the game that won the team the first, its first ever shield, you know, this is far and away the biggest thing that he did in his time at Toronto FC, and this will have lasting impacts for, for years to come. So I think it's a great shout talking about, uh, you know, uh, from the league, giving this award to, to the organization because, um, yeah, obviously, time for change and and this is a tangible step towards that and and a big one i think um yeah let's let's move on it's it's a it's a week of awards i mean that's that's what it is towards the end of end of any given year um the lou marsh award winner will come down today at i think 130 yeah they'll, they'll announce the winner um as voting open today it's an interesting one i think uh you know, Alfonso Davies certainly would be would probably be our pick, um, considering we're all Canadian soccer heads and, and we'd recognize that. But uh, there is a debate to be had. And it's kind of I don't know if it's cropped up last minute or uh, what have you, but um, it seems to be a late push from football player Laurent Duvernay-Teldiff. And it goes into so many things, you know, the, the what the award is, um, why it should be awarded. Uh, it's an interesting one, isn't it, Michael? And it's a great debate um, because we do hear about other stories that are very significant in Canada soccer. Um, obviously, Dr. Laurent Duvernay Tardif, sorry if I butchered butchered the name there, but the football player, that that's an amazing story because uh, we can go a little bit off topic here, but Canadians don't often make it in, in the NFL. Let's mm-hmm. get that out of the way first. Just like Alfonso Davies, Canadians don't make it in Bayern Munich. Canadians don't make it in the NFL. And then you have one who played a significant role on a Super Bowl winning team. That alone is worthy of recognition. But then you have to take into account to everything else that he did, which was stepping away from the game this year because he's also a doctor. 
and he witnessed what was happening on the front line at hospitals and everything. And he had to, he had to, he had to, you know, he had to step away from the game. He, he couldn't in his good conscience keep playing the sport that he loved and made millions doing it because of what he was witnessing on the front lines. So that story on its own is tremendous. But then you think about Alfonso Davies and what he's been able to accomplish just in, in sport. And if, mm-hmm. if, if that's what the award truly is about your accomplishment in sport, then Alfonso Davies has to be the winner because what he accomplished is, it, you know, it's, it's never happened before ever. And it might not happen for a while unless it is Alfonso Davies. So, um, yeah. What, what are your guys' thoughts on, on the Lou Marsh debate? Well, you just explained it to me before we, we started and, and my, <laughs> my hot takes, because that's what I do. Uh, it's not a humanitarian award, so it's not the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, there can be awards given out for his yeoman's work, but it's not this one. Uh, I, do, I also don't think the NFL is on the same level. I mean, the Super Bowl is played in one country in the world as qualifying for the UEFA Champions League on a team like Bayern Munich. Soccer is global and universal. Uh, I think I, I, rate, I rate what Fonzie did this year much higher. I know I'm going to hell for that, but this is a this is a this is an award for athletic achievement. It's not you know it's not a merit badge. Um, it, so why besmirch? Besmirch is a strong word, but why besmirch? <laughs> so why besmirch the 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 sanctity of the Lou Marsh Award, which we know no one really cares about in the grand scheme of things? But why besmirch it anyway? Uh, you know, if awards are a popularity contest, uh, what's more popular in 2020 than COVID? It's his award to lose. But if it, it you know, if the mandate is awarding uh, athletic achievement, I think we all know the answer. And it's not because we're soccer heads; it's because, like you said, uh, what what Fonzie did this year is superb, and uh, it needs to be recognized. Right. Um, yeah. Just wrapping this up very yeah, quickly. Yeah. Yeah, Julian is here, so we'll bring him on in just a moment here. But just to to wrap up the discussion, I mean, the if if you want to look off the field as well, the work Alfonso Davies did for for refugees throughout the world this year um, does deserve to be recognized as well. I mean, we're we're not in a place where we're comparing you know humanitarian acts or that sort of thing. That's certainly not not where we want to go on this week's show. But you know, you, you can't just dismiss that as well. Um, but I also did want to say there is precedent. Terry Fox did win the award. So it has gone to people for humanitarian, I guess, as athletic accomplishment as well. Yeah, I was just about to say, part. you know, running across but, Canada yeah. with one leg is yeah. pretty, is, you know, it's it's an athletic achievement. So that's fair. Yeah. So let's, so let's get our yeah, guest thoughts on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I yeah. Want to hear this. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joined Julian. now by the all-time leader in appearances for the Canadian men's national team, Julian De Guzman. Thank you so much for for coming on the show this week. Thank you, thank you for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Of course, Mister Mister Canada Soccer. We were, we were just talking about it there. Um, Alfonso Davies. He, he's up for the Lou Marsh Award today as you know Canada's top athlete. Um, there are some other incredible stories we were recapping, of course. Um, uh, let me bring up the name, Doctor uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif. His his incredible story there, where he left the, the NFL to you know become a frontline worker 
Um, there's also some other great stories. Kadisha Buchanan, shout out Kadisha Buchanan, who had another fantastic year. Um, but I want to get get your thoughts on on the Lumarsh uh, Award debate and whether or not Alfonso Davies should should win the award this year. Oh, I I mean I've, I've I can only imagine him being the favorite right now, and uh, based on what the the awards about, um, you know the the achievements of a of an athlete as an athlete. Um, I mean, I think he's pretty much ticked off all the boxes that, you know, no Canadian has ever, has ever done. Um, and, you know, a bit given is his rookie season uh, with, uh, with uh, Bayern Munich. I mean, it's first time ever in Europe, you know, that you don't, you know, this, these are things you just don't ever hear of. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's left uh, such a humble, humble background and, and, and then walked into the, the highest platform you could ever imagine and walk away with not just one trophy, but I mean, He's walked away with league titles, cup titles, um, you know, and he's been nominated for, you know, the European uh, starting 11, uh, best left back, young left back in the world right now. Um, you know, there's just all those things that I don't think we would ever witness ever again for maybe a long time. But I yep. mean, it's it's a, it, I think that's that's the main reason why I would say he's the, the favorite for the, the, the Lou Marsh trophy. I mean, for women's soccer, we've seen a Canadian win it um already and uh you know you know big shout out to kadish i mean she's she's done an awesome thing out there um and then you know for the football side of things and and leaving football and working in the front line i mean it, i think it's a it's an amazing story given today's uh you know scenario and to, to see somebody do that and, and and live up to those expectations i mean that uh, you know that's like that's almost like a noble type thing but i mean i don't know if it's a lou marshall i mean it, 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 i think this is the uh the Lou Marsh Award, uh, I, I imagine, is just being more more so on the on on field achievements as a, as an athlete. Well yeah, well yeah. You, you mentioned it there a little bit, but twenty twenty certainly a unique year for all of us. Um, Canadian soccer, no different. A lot of cancellation and postponements. But what did this year mean for Canadian soccer? You know, with with Alfonso winning the Champions League, Kadisha winning the Champions League, um, even what the Canadian Premier League was able to do. It seemed like another year where. The sport in this country was able to to take a big step forward oh yeah massively um just to have stories you know uh to, to talk about canadians playing at the top levels winning trophies to even see a domestic league still operate uh you know we, we have we have teams that we i mean didn't get a chance to really witness that much in the playoffs for mls but you know just to have a, ch- a chance to see more so teams in the and the tam- champions league quality Find that that that's there are awesome stories to be proud of, to be happy for, and uh, you know, just it's a great sign of hope that we, we have uh, for the future of the, this game in this country. And and you know, we fought for so many years and waited patiently and struggled and suffered to, to witness these type of stories. And it's happening during pan- a pandemic. You know, imagine if there wasn't a pandemic and these things were happening. You know, the, it could only it could only be so much better if you if you were to see our national team dress up and and uh, and carry those club. Uh, achievements and success in, into a national team environment, and I think that's the only big thing that we've we've suffered with uh, is not when, you know being able to witness our national team, but uh, as much as we w- would want to. Uh, but given that these guys are doing their thing in, in their club environment, and it, given that it's been such a, a struggle, you know, being away from family, bubbles. I mean, you name it. We hear the whole stories over and over again, and still achieve uh, high high awards and 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 reach high platforms. I mean, these, these guys, these guys are, are, are amazing. And they, these are, these are our heroes for, uh, for the game, especially 
coming yeah. out of this uh, type of year that we experienced. Absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of moving up to bigger and better things, uh, we've all enjoyed you uh, uh, right in the middle seat on uh, on the TSN uh, MLS playoff broadcast. What was your biggest surprise of uh, stepping into the role of a TV pundit? Biggest surprise is I didn't know it would feel like a uh, a 90-minute match doing that. Um, it's it's <laughs> crazy to see. <laughs> I, you know, I, once, once the cameras are off and you're done and you're looking at the time, it's been, you've been there for like, you know, four or five hours. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. you know, I, I need a recovery session. So <laughs> um, recovery session is obviously maybe a bit different, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but uh, no, it was actually it was a great great experience. You know, I I, I adore what, what KJ has brought to the table. Uh, he's been he's been doing it from what he told me 20, 2013. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, he, he's a he's, he's a right at it. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> I just did a couple of them and. And I was I was drained. So just to see what he's able to do, and just to be on top of things, and and it, it you know this it's a simple answer to that when he when he tells me he's like it's the love of the game, man. You know he just loves the game so much. He loves he loves the country, you know, and he knows that soccer is is a, is a special thing in this country. You know everything in Canada seems to be wonderful, but when you talk about soccer, there's always these big question marks like why aren't there certain things like this, and why do we have leagues and all that stuff? So. Um, but he's been a huge advocate for, uh, for for the for the growth of this game in this country, and to, for me to have the opportunity to sit next to him uh, definitely helped me and, and and gave me the confidence to to sit to to, to sit up there because it's not easy. Uh, I mean, no training, and yeah, you know, yeah. the only the only uh, advice he gave me was just uh, just lean on me if you need something. <laughs> and mm-hmm. That's exactly what I did, and uh, he it definitely made me look better than that than I actually was. But uh, but it's good to to, to 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 be involved with something like that as a as an ex-pro and a, and a lot of the things that I've, you know, referenced to is obviously the stuff I've gone through in my career. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it be being able to. Of course. So we're uh, obviously joined by Julian de Guzman, Mr. Canada soccer, the all time leader in uh, appearances made for the Canadian men's national team. Uh, the first ever Canadian to play in La Liga. I think the list of accolades just go, goes on and on. But Julian, let me ask you. I'll, I'll take you back. Do you remember your first, or I guess maybe your only La Liga goal? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> take us back. Come on. Oh man. So I could take you back a week before that. Um, mm-hmm. it, it must have been my second, my second start for for Depor, and they were playing me on the left side. The coach came in after I was signed, so he wasn't a. He was trying to figure me out. Um, right. And then he started using me on the wing. Started moving me, like number eight, right back, and then finally there's a game where he said, "Okay, you're gonna play, you're gonna play on the wing." So um, it was against Barcelona. Uh, I was on the weekend, and um, you know, I was I was already you know, crapping myself that I was like, "Man, I'm already up against these guys in my second start or third start of, of La Liga, and it's Ronaldinho and Eto and oh, Deco and you, you name it." And uh, yeah. So it was, and Henri as well. I think Henri was there as well. But that was a crazy game. We ended up tying the game three three. Um, I, I I got the full ninety, I believe. And man, I was I was just thrilled just to have the opportunity to play against those guys. And I think that game, I was able to swap jerseys with Ronaldinho. <laughs> um, come on, and, you uh, come on. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I have, I, I have, I have, I've probably, I pretty much, I pretty much swap every game I play. It's a, 
it's my way of re- remembering these things. Anyway. Unreal. <laughs> I need sleep to over at JVG's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I can't. I can't remember. Did you say that that was home or away? Did you go to the that? Was a ho- no, that was a home. So that was a home game at Riazor. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then, so we tied the game. Fans are happy. You know, it was a exciting, exciting finish. I, th- I think we came back in the end to tie it. Um, we were down. Uh, point. So, but a week later. You know, really now we're playing Real Madrid at home again, and it's like, oh man, this is this is unreal. You know, in like seven days, you're playing against like the two giants of Spain, and mm. this was the pretty much the end of the era of the um, Galacticos, and uh, they, you know, so they still had the Beckhams and uh, Zidane, Raúl, Ronaldo. Um, that's the old Ronaldo, all, by all, the way. That's the yeah, yeah, real yeah. Ronaldo, right? Phenomen- yeah, <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal, yeah. And Casillas, Sergio Ramos, which was just introduced into the squad uh, this season. Um, so I, I'll start in this game as well. Coach didn't really change too much in the, in the lineup. And, and I remember, uh, sitting in the car, I was with uh, Andrade, Jorge Andrade, uh, center back for Depor at the time. He was my roommate. And the first thing he could see that I'm nervous, just quiet in the car. I'm not talking too much. And he's like, Hey man, he goes, relax. He goes, the best thing about these games is that these guys play football. So that will allow us to play as well. Oh. So we'll have a, so I was like, okay. He goes, we're, don't worry. We're good. We're, we're good. And I was like, all right, that makes sense. All right. So, I mean, <laughs> sleepless nights, you know, leading up to the game, nevertheless. And, um, uh, yeah, that was the game where I believed, yeah, I opened up. I opened, I think that's where the first goal of that game. And, um, and uh, it was a left foot shot that came across the, so top of the box, Tristan receives the ball, top of the box, and slays it off to my left side. And I've hit it across now the goal. And as I see the ball going into the goal, it's almost like everything just goes mute. And it's like the only thing, the only way I could regain my hearing is if I scream. And I just, and I, that's all I did was just scream from the top of the 18 to the, to the bench. And then uh, we ended up winning, winning that game three, one. Um, wow. And, uh, yeah. So, you oh man. I, I think I fooled the fans because, they're like this guy could score goals, <laughs> <laughs> just like a TFC, right? <laughs> oh. Oh. But uh, but um, no, it, it was um, it was that was my first goal and only goal at, uh, at Deportivo against Real Madrid. Amazing! Bring it back to TFC since you did. So I'll, I'll move my question up on the list. Uh, you're TFC's first designated player and the yeah. first Canadian designated player. Um, do you think the DP rule worked? It's working and it should remain, or do you think it's time to, to let bygones be bygones? I think it worked in the sense that they've, I mean, they use the DP thing is more so to market the league and market the team. So you're going to bring in names on a global scale where these guys are going to demand tons of money and you got to accommodate that because in return, they're going to bring fans to the, to, to the stadium. So it works to, to that, to that, to that sense. I mean, I, I, I mean, for sure. I, you know, I was a DP and that's, that was a big hype, me coming back home and playing. And, and, um, you know, the idea was, yeah, you know, to Guzman at the time, you know, I, from 07 to 09 was probably my, my peak. And I was like, okay, it's, uh, this was an interesting time because I didn't, it wasn't my top five option or oh yeah options to go back home initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big factor was the, the recession and, um, in Europe at the time then the, the offers, we're looking more so 30, 40% less than what they usually were. Um, so, 
you know, at that time of my age, I'm like, okay, I got to, I got to make a big, big move, big contract. And TSC turned out to be the biggest offer out of all the mm. offers from Benfica, from PSV, um, from Wigan, um, Zaragoza. I mean, you name it. There's, there was offers, but it wasn't to, to, to what I expected it to be. And then coming back home was, was the big attraction too. I, I mean, I, I, TFC was a couple of years in, mm-hmm. I, I've been following every game. Um, and, you know, obviously come, you know, super excited and dreaming of one day I'm going to play for this team. And, and it happened after the gold cup of nine. Um, when, uh, when I was approached by them initially, we started the negotiations after that gold cup and I had it was a goal. It was a good game as well. I finished a, a top eleven players at, again for that, for that tournament. So um, it, it uh, definitely had some, you know, ch- you know, attention of, of TFC. But then the big thing was, uh, I think the DP role. It's important when you market the player. You market them correctly, and I think a lot of the cases where I was perceived to be a goal scorer, I was perceived to be a, a number ten player, and. Mm-hmm, Those were mm-hmm. some of the conversations between myself and uh, and Mo Johnson. Uh, right, uh, Mo but, Johnson. Uh, yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, but then I, I think overall, I think it's it's great just to have that establishment. Uh, I think today, if, T, if if MLS was to move away from the DP role, role and kind of spread out the the, the salaries or or however they would want to do it, then uh, on an on an evenly basis, I think they could get away with it. Mm-hmm. In the early stages, for sure, you, you, it, it makes sense to have the DP. It makes sense to create a, a culture for soccer in America where, yeah. you, you know, they don't know too much game. And, and uh, so I think they've done an, an amazing job marketing the, the, the game by using the DP, uh, DP role. But if they were to move away from it, I think I think they could get away with it. And and to, to surprising, I mean, if you see the numbers now on average contracts for MLS players, I mean, you know, you're not you're not far away from a lot of the you know top second divisions in in, in the world. Mm. If you were to if you were to manage some of the well budgets, if bigger budgets, I would yeah, say yeah, yeah, yeah. Like TFC is one of them, obviously. Atlanta, mm. you know, those guys at LEFC. If you were to use those type of budgets, and, and I mean, you're you're getting close to the, the top second divisions in the, in the world. So, um, but I, I'll be honest. I mean, the, the way MLS has been, it's uh, they, they've done. You know, amazing in terms of the the the, the, pro, the development, the involvement of the league, the way the way it's at, at now, mm-hmm. and even my time when I came to TFC, compared to TFC now, I mean, I mean, you're you're looking at a complete team. I mean, this you know, people are educated now when they watch the game. You know, they understand what's going on. And so the differences are, are more, uh, you know, soccer based. Uh, uh, you know. Shit, you know, screams out there versus just ah, yeah. Let's just get a star player and throw them, throw in a bunch of college players. You know, so yeah, yeah. It's, that, that, that that has changed now. So I think it's uh, it's done it's done very well. And I mean, my, my experience with the DB player was uh, I mean, it was was very different for me. I never knew what it was and didn't understand what what that meant. Franchise players, all that stuff, and yeah. uh, but uh, it was educational for sure for myself. That was really insightful that's, holy crap yeah, yeah. No, that, that's some that's some great insight like, <laughs> guys, you can only get that here on wake in the red weekly yeah. right oh man, um, man, man. julian we are a little bit pressed for time because i don't want to keep you too long but very we gotta I, talk I, about very yeah yeah I, I would be hard pressed if i didn't if i didn't ask you about your your, your involvement mm-hmm. with 1812 fc barry and you know what what you guys are doing up there up there in the north yeah yeah they're in the north that's it uh no it it was um a uh, conversation between uh, myself and Andrew Walgus, who uh, is in, in, 
and uh, he currently operates uh, a team in the lower leagues of the U.S. Uh, Atlantic City FC. Um, so he's uh, he's used that you know his experience doing that and uh, venturing onto the Canadian market, and um, he loves what, what what exists in Canada, but doesn't understand why you know it, it hasn't really taken off the, the, the way it has done in the U.S. So um, you know I'm a I'm a big fan of, of of soccer in Canada. I've always just wanted to be involved in developing the game, whether I was as a player or as a GM or as a president. Didn't matter. You know, I've always found a way to just give back to the game for you know as a Canadian to Canadians. And, uh, and for me, it was important to get, um, uh, you know, an understanding of what that meant, uh, from Andrew's side because he was American. So, um, but, uh, just listening to him and, and, and seeing his, of his passion for the game as well and his understanding, you know, it, it made, it made me actually excited to, to learn more on, on what happens on the, on the ownership side, because I've seen him, I've seen some stuff that, you know, I've been involved with, uh, my time at the Fury. I've learned, uh, I've learned a lot on the business side. And, uh, you know, I've, I've wanted to apply that, maybe not at that high, at that level, but a lot, at a lower level, more closer to the grassroots. So League One was the, uh, the, the, the idea. And I actually was involved in some conversation with League One back in 2013, 14. I, I, I was looking to invest in the team already at that point, um, but I just just, uh, just never had enough time. And then I, and then, uh, I kind of, that was when I took a little break from the game, but then jumped back. As a, as a player and then I didn't have time to really focus on that but now I have the time to do it and uh yeah it's just been it's, it's been really really good so far I mean we've uh just waiting for the applications to come back uh we've applied to league one um I mean we're hoping that there will be a league maybe next year it mm. depends that's the other thing too but Barry was a was a was a the, the, the big attraction for me uh, I was talking to a couple other uh, clubs and teams that were looking to venture into league one and start league one but I like Barry because one I mean I I have a house in Aurora, so I, whenever I spend time in Toronto, I'm in, I'm in Aurora a lot, so it's not far from Barrie. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, I think, too, it's, uh, you know, the, the market in Barrie, it, it, it's just untouched. You know, there's nothing that has to do with any, anything to do with high-performance soccer. Right. And, um, you know, and it's not far from from the GTA, you know. So I think, you know, given that there's been a lot of good grassroots there, you know, through Barry Soccer Club uh, mm-hmm. and, and the 17 clubs throughout the Heronia region, um, I felt it just needs some some attention uh, on, a, on a high performance level. So that's my way of, uh, of getting involved and giving back. But also it's also been a dream to to, to have that involvement as an owner, owner, owner and for a club to allow the game to grow in this country. And uh, that's, uh, that's how it's slowly unfolding at the moment. And hopefully, uh, Hopefully, yeah, uh, it runs smoothly in for 2021, and we're we're, we're playing in League One and uh, operating as a as 1812 FC. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely looking forward to uh, what you guys are able to do up there. Very beautiful city, so um, I can mm-hmm. only imagine, you know, how the mm-hmm. how the soccer um, follows there. But uh, I think I speak for all of us when I say we really appreciate uh, you taking uh, the time this week. It's it's been awesome. Thank you so much. This has really been yeah. enjoyable. Definitely. Thanks, yeah, thank you guys. Really appreciate that. Cheers. See you thank soon, you. Man. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. How many uh, Arby's does Barry have? Two. <laughs> <laughs> Am I moving awesome. to Barry? Is the question. Oh man, that was that was awesome, and that insight, man, with that uh, Real Madrid goal, that Dude, was yeah. that was really cool. Dude, I didn't um, want to let him go. We could talk for him with him for like two more hours. <laughs> we could talk know? with Julian for hours. Yeah. Absolutely, we're definitely gonna have to bring Julian back. <laughs> oh on the my show. god, for sure. Um, oh my god, uh, Mitch, yeah. it's time. We got to call in a local agitator. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I just quickly, I did want to say what what kind of stood out for me that interview and and a, another 
another thing that kind of talks about the evolution of the league is is Julian de Guzman to Michael Bradley, right? Like mm. now everyone understands what Michael Bradley does that that holding midfielder role. But when Julian was brought in, it was completely different. I don't think the the same level of understanding was there, certainly among the the soccer media in this country and also among maybe the some of the fans as well to to the extent that they thought Julian de Guzman was going to come in and you know score 10 15 goals a season and be this this star player and also the team built around him you know if you're a holding midfielder there's only so much you can do especially in terms of offensively for your side so mm-hmm. um i think it is a it is a progression of the league that we now see Michael Bradley recognized for what he is when you know a player of of similar caliber i mean someone who played that long in la liga wasn't uh wasn't recognized maybe in the same way. I'll uh, see Terrence. your, it's a progression of the league and I'll raise you. But Terrence Boyd was supposed to replace Sebastian Giovinco. So. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I want, what I want to mention is we did talk about Fonzie and Salou Marsh debate and how Fonzie was breaking grounds in Germany. Um, and, you know, doing all that when, you know, Canadian soccer kids never thought that was possible. For me, growing up, that was that was Julian de Guzman, man. He, yeah, he was there yeah. in La Liga, and even if I hear a player that plays in La Liga right now, that's still you know raising my eyebrows. So he he did it back when it was before it was cool, let's say. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and the story of him him coming home and everything like that. Obviously, it didn't work out the way that we wanted it to. I'm sure it didn't work out the way that he wanted it to, but it was still the one of the coolest things that I. I saw just growing up as a fan saying Julian de Guzman came back home to play for Toronto. Oh yeah. Toronto, Toronto he had to be a Canadian. I'm so glad mm-hmm. that that's in the history books. Well, it wasn't just a Canadian though. Yeah. You know? yeah that's it true. Was that's like true. The yeah. Canadian. It was the Canadian. Yeah, He was the Canadian right. soccer player of the year in 2007, 2008. Um, obviously we talk about how Fonzie's in running away with those awards. Christine Sinclair now, Kadisha Buchanan also got it this year, but that, that used to be Julian DeGuzman, man. So um, it, it's great to have him on the show and just, it's yeah. great how, how open he was about it too. All I'm thinking about is lining up at the, at the, the Bernabeu against Zizou, just him giving me death. Come stare, on. You know what I mean? Come <laughs> on. How fearsome must that be to like that guy? Oh my God. Like, I have goosebumps thinking about that. Yeah, me too. too. Right? <laughs> Ronald Dio, I mean, geez, that guy could that guy was Mr. Dribbles. Like yeah. yeah. The great yeah. thing about Julian too is he stuck around, stayed involved, and obviously we're very excited to see what he does in Barry as well. Cause um we've talked to Adrian Can, uh Jul- or uh, um mm-hmm. Rosario as well. It's mm-hmm. it's important that those guys stay involved and and you know bring that expertise. Um, back into the Canadian soccer pool because you know it's so incredibly valuable and Julian's at the top of the list in terms of the experience he can he can bring into these these young guys. So again, excited Absolutely. to see what, what he does there. Uh, yeah, let's get on Kevin. If uh, let's get on uh, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for fast money. <laughs> no whammies, big money, big money. No whammies. Is this a pyramid scheme? I haven't been told anything about. Yeah, so you guys can tell it's completely unplanned. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin, take it away. So the first round we have here. Okay, guys. So so the object is to not think, just speak. Okay, that's the one we're rule. Good at that. That's, that's okay. my mo. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're good at that. Uh, okay, are are you ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. First round. 
what's the first beer you're going to order when you're back at BMO? I don't have anything fancy. I'm going to, I just, I like Corona's when I'm at the game. If I'm out attending as a fan, like I just like it's nice warm sun usually. So a nice little Corona yeah. does it for me. No beer in the press box. Yeah. Capital J. <laughs> okay. 355 milliliter cans of Budweiser, cheapy buds at the King club by the food building. It is a guarantee. You can buy the, bud, can, yeah, the bud truck, the bud truck. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love it. Okay. These are the easy ones, guys, just to get you all warmed up. Mm. Here's the next one. Who is on your TFC Mount Bemo? <laughs> oh, Justin no Just to get you guys warmed up. This guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, I, I answered. Jeff. Me? Yep. Uh, Dero, Seba, Josie, Bradders. Yep. No disagreement here. I'd go that far. Dang. Uh, uh, do we? Are we just talking players? No, you can you can Ooh, put the Hulk actually. on there if you want. I got Tim I got Tim Lawicki up there just because I think he he started okay. all of this, man. I like um, it. I don't know I don't know who he replaced. I think maybe Dero might have to come down there, but can I change my answer? I want Bitchy no, the Hawk. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. All right. Okay. Next one. Which player do you hope stays but think is gone? Oof. Who goes first? I'll Michael go Justin Morrow. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, first. I, yeah, I'd love to have his experience, but I think he, I think he's going to move on. I don't know if they can make it work. I'm also on the JMO train. I, I would love for him to stay, but I think he's worth more than we're prepared to pay him. There aren't many players who are leaving. Um, just, just to recap, and just who TFC don't have in the roster heading into next season that they had last season. It's Tony Gallagher who left. Justin Morrow, who's going to be a pending free agent. Eric Zavaleta, same. Thing, and Laura Simon, same thing. Um, and of course, Pablo Piatti. I think PP's staying. I, that's I, I kind of like thinking to me, uh, Michael. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm pretty pretty good good that was <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm gonna. I'll join the jump on the bandwagon there. I, I hope Justin Morrow stays, but I think he's gonna hit free agency. I, I think PP stays. Okay. All right. Now we are into the. Final round. Okay. This is one at a time. Okay. So, Jeff, you're Mm -hmm. up first. Okay. And then you guys can come in and steal if he doesn't get it. All right. Cool. Are you ready? No. (laughs) Name all the players in this is a surprise one regular season game. Bench, bench, and and uh, and starters. No, just just who played in the game. So, including subs. Westy, Oro, yep. Richie, uh, Omar, Chris, uh, Bradley. Eh. What? Bradley played. Yeah, Moro did it. Oh, right. I no, no, I said Oro. I said Oro. Oro. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, continue. Uh, uh, well, now I can't. You screwed me up. Uh, <laughs> Josie, Ayo, Ayo Nick, uh, Oso, um, on the right, Pablo, who subbed in? Uh, Mullins. I mean, Pablo didn't play. Nope. Didn't he? Didn't he play um, in the last game? Not, not the no. rest. Last regular season game. Oh, regular season. Oh, I was thinking of uh, Nashville elimination. Whatever I say. Uh, I got a bunch okay. of them. Forget you, Mister. For the steal. Mm-hmm. Mike or Mitch for the Go steal. Ahead, Mitch. Did he say Pozuelo? Yeah, he well, didn't I was say, gonna he didn't yeah, say pause. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, 
because it was a stupid question. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's not wrong. Who would have started? Who was who was the other player that started on the wing? Um, Subasa. Yeah, there you go. Was in there. There you go. Yep. Yeah, yeah. still missing at least one. And then, and then subs. Uh, if it's last oh. regular season, Not Gallagher, Preso, mm-hmm. uh, and Ralphie, Preso, yeah, and Nelson. Oh yeah, Jade, oh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Jade. You look good that game too. Okay, mm-hmm, now this did. one, this next one's a group effort. So just yell it out. Name all the players who played in TFC's first game of the season. <laughs> Oh, Achara. Good one. Achara. Achara didn't play. No. He didn't play in the first game? He, no. He in the first home he game. Was injured. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jacob Schaffelberg. Right. Also, yes. um, Delgado. He, he Googled it. He Googled oh, it. No. Delgado. Yeah, I, yeah. I covered this. <laughs> all right. All right. Wait, this uh, wasn't on my list of questions. These are all surprises. Think about this. I, had, I had four months during the break to think about two games that TFC played, and this, this was yeah. one of those games. All right, let's so, go, yeah. Mike. Let's see. Let's see. Um, I want to say Gallardo came in off the bench. Who? Was I right about that? Erickson Gallardo? No. He didn't He didn't make an appearance that game. No. Um, Liam Fraser came in off the bench. Pause yes. um, was nine. So... Pause played. Uh, yeah, there was no striker. What is Mullins starting? Yes. No, he's starting. <laughs> Mullins subbed in. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you had Mavinga Gonzalez back there. You had yep. uh, Justin Morrow probably at left back. Yep. And um, Aro at right back. Aro at right yep. back, yeah. Richard yeah, Endo Ray came in, didn't he? I remember Endo fouling someone that they started. scored on the late. Yeah, Endo started. Oh, started. There you go. Yeah, they started, and they oh, kept scored, it in when I, when I thought they should have... Uh, Taking him out, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Larry, I came off the bench too. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. In that, yeah. I don't know if we're missing. If you got anything. it all. Wow. Okay. For the last one, this is one for Mitchell to um, <laughs> to comment on. Oh, I'm I gonna see. add it in here. Here are Jeff and Mike's dream starting eleven for next season. So. <sighs> Comments, please. Well, I think I need to preface this is my supercut because I gave Kevin options and those are my first picks. Um, well, you did do, you, you didn't listen to the no, instructions. No, I never listened to the instructions because <laughs> I paint outside the lines, man. Anyway, uh, we're think? pretty we're pretty similar, Mike. Uh, I just. No, we're gave, not. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I see. I see now. I'm more with uh, Mike's um, – as much as I don't think Bradley comes out of the starting lineup, I think Toronto's – It's our ideal. It's our ideal. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think Toronto's best starting 11 has that double pivot of Delgado and Osorio. Um, I obviously think they need a new player on the wing, and I'd like to see a younger player alongside Mavinga. Um, I think Gonzalez is great, but they need they, – at least they need another player in there who can be a starting center back if – if need be. So I think otherwise it's, it's pretty much perfect. The one thing I will say though, is we are still thinking of all of this in the lens of Greg Vanny. We're still thinking wingers. We're still thinking the same formation. Who knows what the new manager brings in For in sure. terms of an overall formation and whether, you know, he wants to go two up top, that sort of thing. So that's the information we have, but that's something that I've been thinking a lot this week because <laughs> Vanny's been so synonymous with the way he wants to play at this club. 
I will posit that you chose Michael's because it was aesthetically more pleasing than mine. And this is entirely <laughs> on well, here's, here's my thing immediately. Is I saw Justin Morrow back in your ideal starting 11. Yeah. Mm. Well, because I was like, how much money are we going to spend? And I know we've got that new DP coming in. And I'm not sure if we're going to re- Justin Morrow made, a, made a, a good chunk of money. Hey, this is a guy, a former all-star. Mm-hmm. It's not a TAM contract. He's not a homegrown contract. He he just took up a lot of a lot of budget costs. So um, that that he he made a good chunk of money. Um, yeah, he did. Sorry, guys. If we're talking about aesthetics here, here's Jeff's. Um... <laughs> <laughs> now that is beautiful. All right, that was that's what he, he sent to me. This is what I got got sent to him. That and is I draft. Said, that is draft one, my friend. And I think you I are said. I said no subs. <laughs> yeah. For for the listeners, this is like a construction paper level serial killer looking uh, starting oh, lineup with a net drawn. That, that's that is the center right. circle. That's the center circle. <laughs> I and like it. It wasn't even Jeff. an attachment. It was like it was like copied into the email so it's like i had to scroll down and over to the side like to see the whole thing you know what i mean like i'm opening up my laptop for you at 11 o'clock at night i took a picture on my phone dude deal with it deal with all right it. thanks guys Bye. <laughs> love you kevin love having producing kevin on the show oh man that's incredible. Always testing our eyesight. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Making, week, making uh, spreadsheets and screen share and fun. But long may it continue because those are great. I love those little segments. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we should probably wrap things up here. Um, I feel like there's always so much we can talk about. I know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we get to problem, this I, think, point. I, I feel like if I open another can of worms, like, we'll just, it, we'll just be okay. like, yeah, there's so many more than well, you know, but. Hopefully Schmetzer signs a deal or and wins MLS Cup maybe uh, in the next week. But uh, we definitely have to table that conversation because I do think it's a little weird that he hasn't uh, re-signed yet. And yeah. uh, he's he's about to take his team to their fourth final in five years. Yeah, yeah so I've learned like, not to shoot you down on any of those ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of Jeff rumors are now accepted on the show. Um. Yeah, let's let's wrap things up here though, because like, again, I, I'm seeing some of the comments, and I feel like if we open any of these, uh, yeah. these we boxes, see, we'll, we'll, just, we see we'll be, we'll be I mean, somebody mentioned EG, so I'm raring to go for a good. I know. Half an hour. Yeah, yeah, but no, <laughs> thank you so much for to JDG. That was an awesome discussion. Um, that was so good. That was really that was good. Great. As I said, very excited to see what he does in with uh, 1812 FC Barry. Cool logo. Um, really awesome stuff uh, that they're working on there. Uh, thanks to Kevin and Sophia. Of course, Kevin hopping on here. Thanks to all of you for listening, uh, watching, interacting. Let's go Forge. Uh, CONCACAF League tonight, big game, very late. But uh, on behalf of uh, Jeff and Michael, um, big week ahead. I mean, we've got MLS Cup, expansion draft, all kinds of other things that we didn't mention on this week's show, but will on next week. Um, till next Tuesday, everyone. Cheers, guys. Uh-huh.